From the mind of Danny Atwell, Dark Charm Media's Fascination Street. Starring Paul Schroyer as Damon Holloway, Christopher Hangel as Rafferty, Emily McEnulty as Carrie White, Jesse Kirkland as Roderick von Bismarck, and Dan McCloskey as the gatekeeper. Welcome to the linchpin of the Dark Charm Universe. Carrie tried to help lift Damon off the ground. Oh, come on. We need to get you back to the lamppost. Uh, uh, but we'll have failed our mission if we do. Rafferty came through to the monitor on Carrie's suit this time. There is nothing you can do, Sylvia Devereaux, in that realm now. You two will be able to get a better lock on her when you return. Come back to the Nexus Eternal for healing and extra training. Damon and Carrie hobbled back to the lamppost. Damon leaned against the lamppost while Carrie closed her eyes. Rafferty! Rafferty, where are you? Rafferty came out of the void, but this time to Damon's brain, he was Bob Barker. I guess I missed the showcase showdown? You two will need to get along if this is going to work. Carrie made sure to keep herself in check, but contested his statement. Rafferty, we have no weapons out there. Bismarck has extremely advanced technology that we cannot fight against. Why not? Did you even try? What do you mean, Rafferty? Damon asked as it looked as if the wound on his leg was healing at a rapid pace. Your suits can manifest weapons just like this, albeit some of your weapons will not be lethal as there are precautions for lethal engagements depending on the mission, but you will have access to them. Weapons? I mean, I could hit someone with a baseball bat, but I have no knowledge of any martial arts or anything. I'm not that guy that saved me in the hospital. You are absolutely right, Damon. You aren't him. Yet. But you have to be something special to save Sylvia and that child. Wait! You said that this realm here is not in the bounds of space, time, and reality. Can't we just put it on pause, learn the things we need to learn, and then go back? Carrie shook her head while still keeping her eyes closed. No. Bismarck could literally do the same thing. This situation is time-sensitive, even here. Now both of you must go back and do the best you can to stop Bismarck. Carrie turned her attention back to Damon and opened her eyes. Let's go. Sylvia Devereaux was tied to a table and a gag was placed over her mouth. 
Bismarck paced around waiting, obviously in temper. Blasted assholes. Time is of the essence here. Two men walked into the warehouse with a medical bag. It's about time you got here, Beetlejuice. <laughs> hey, that's funny. I don't remember asking you for your opinion. <laughs> You're lucky. I like the idea of this little experiment. I can already tell the amount of chaos this is going to unleash, and it's going to be a fucking party. <laughs> also, check it. <laughs> Leaf and I have been talking. Beetlejuice. Hey, this. Hold, hold, hold the fuck on. Just hear me out, all right? I'm, I'm toying with the idea of shortening my name. What do, what do you think about Juice? Huh? Yeah? Leaf likes it. I like it. But does it have that, you know, you know, ring to it? Ooh, I love it. Makes you sound, what do they call it, um, hip? <laughs> oh my god, baby. Then <laughs> never say the word hip again unless it's a request to adjust yours. Bismarck tired of the The flow. tools, gentlemen. And as for you, I thought you went by Eris or Discoria. <laughs> Had to take on a human body. Uh, long story, wouldn't understand. Rolled the dice, and this is what the lottery gave me. I like it. So does Juice. The man calling himself Juice gave Mizbark the bag. Hell, I can tell you, Kane is gonna love this. Is he now? Mizbark opened the bag and took the tools out that he needed. One was a long syringe. I have a slight curiosity. Being as you were a watchman, doesn't this act make you feel weird working against the powers that were? Like the ultimate act of betrayal? Bismarck secured a needle to the end of the syringe. What I think and feel, contrary to your status as Titan, my status <laughs> as a Titan? <laughs> How about your mind? What words come out of that pretty little German mouth of yours? <laughs> and I'm not even a Titan at all. And I am Prussian. Either way, my thoughts and my feelings are my own. Our masters in the defiling horde will relish this creation. Sylvia moaned through her gag as Bismarck walked over to her. Juice and Leif followed. Juice addressed Bismarck coldly. Let's get one thing straight, Bismarck. I am master by no one. That's right. You envisioned yourself as a chaos entity in your own right. But seeing as you will serve Lucifer still, and evil is all your motivation, I don't see why you are making an issue out of this. He said as he lifted Sylvia's dress. She kicked away at him as Leif just put a hand onto her forehead, and she fainted almost instantly. Thanks. That was going to get messy. <laughs> oh, if you're doing what I think you're doing, it's going to be a messy regardless. Bismarck took the needle and carefully inserted it into the belly of Sylvia Devereux. He pulled up blood and other liquid inside the syringe. He removed the vial and sealed it. He ignored the blood and amniotic fluid coming out of her as she bled out from the wound. I'll take this to Kay. Why don't you make yourself useful in a form, Moloch, that my quest is complete? <laughs> Jesus, I fucking hate that guy. I thought you were beneath things like that. Juice got into his face. Mmm, go ahead. Laugh at me again. <laughs> yeah, that suit, it won't help you. And I'll eat you alive. It's true, I've seen him do it. Kinda fun to watch. Right. I'll see you around. He said as he disappeared. 
Flafe look to his lover. He's a dick, and not in a good way. And now, a word from our sponsor. Have you just lost a loved one? Do you want to take care of their funeral needs, but are struggling with the cost? Do you just want someone to hold your hand through this trying process? Fear not, I'm Carson McGee, and I would invite you to let me and my family help take care of yours. My son Craig, my daughter Connie and I will plan for you so you can afford to take care of your last wishes of your loved one. Uh, hello, my name is Craig McGee, and I will make sure that your loved one will get the quality, embalming, and preparation they d deserve. Hello, I am Connie McGee, and let me help you pick the funeral plan best for your budget with many styles of coffins, cremation choices, and even a plot in our several lovely locations in our clean and respectable mausoleum. Don't you owe it to your loved ones to try the very best? Try McGee's Funeral Home. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just beat that. Yeah, well, normally you sound like you're on cocaine, so... Did you have to read that script like a fucking robot? Okay, this cocaine shit's starting to give me a fucking complex. Pops, I'm getting sick and Look, tired. there's only so many funeral places around here. What are they going to do? Bear them in the yard? Come on. How nice do we really have to be? Look around. There ain't that much land. We got the land, therefore we got the dead people. Um, excuse me, Mr. McGee, but... What do you want? We paid a pretty good penny to get this recorded, so you should get started. We're still recording. Ah, oh, fuck. Catch the new season of Fun with Dirt coming to you in December only on Dark Charm Radio Shows. Damon and Carrie found their way back to that alleyway. Scan out your mind, Carrie. See if you can get any readings from Sylvia. Damon said as he looked down at his outfit. Once more, his clothes morphed into the era's style, only this time he was wearing a Rolling Stones t-shirt. His old shirt mimicked a mock bandage on his leg, which was now healed. Carrie's morphed into what she wore previously. I'm impressed. Carrie closed her eyes and felt out for Sylvia. Her eyes opened. Dear God, she's in labor and she's nearby. Carrie started running and Damon followed. They both ran to an abandoned garage. When Carrie got to her, they found that she was tied down and covered in blood and fluid. Her eyes widened and looked to Damon. You need to get the police. Now. Damon didn't hesitate as he ran away swiftly. Carrie took the gag out of her mouth and started to untie her. Tears streamed down the soon-to-be mother's face. It's okay, Sylvia. We're gonna get help for you. She screamed in pain as she was in heavy labor. <laughs> Carrie tried to calm her, but then saw that her belly and dress was covered in blood. My God, what happened to you? She couldn't get a coherent answer from her, so Carrie closed her eyes. It's okay, Sylvia. Listen to my voice. She reached out with her mind into Sylvia's and found out what happened. 
she saw the three men, Bismarck and the others. One of them had telepathic abilities, or at least a manipulation of them as her pain receptors and awareness were turned off, albeit momentarily. Kind of a nice gesture for someone so evil. Damon came back with Officer Moraine and Sylvia's husband, Sergeant Stephen Devereux. Baby, I'm here. Damon's just waiting to take you to the hospital, okay? It's okay, everything's gonna be fine. Damon watched as Sylvia was taken away, and the ambulance hurried to the nearest hospital. Officer Moraine turned to them. Your guys did a great job. Any further, she would have probably delivered the baby right here. The placenta was pierced with a needle. He took blood, amniotic fluid. You know where this asshole went? Carrie shook her head, lying to the police officer. Moraine removed his hat and wiped the sweat from his brow. Well, we're still searching. Once we find this bastard, we're going to need a statement from you. Do you have any contact information? No, we uh, just came from out of town. Well then, I guess I can, uh... Well, I guess I can take your statements now. Damon and Carrie gave what information they could to Officer Moraine and hid the information they couldn't. Once they did that, they both made their way to the lamppost back in the alley. Within moments, they were once again back in the Nexus Rafferty! Carrie once more closed her eyes, awaiting his arrival. Moments later, Rafferty showed up, but in the guise of Betty White. Congratulations. Well done. We didn't do too much. On the contrary, you did exactly what you were supposed to do. Sylvia Devereaux was spared her life and gave birth to a baby boy who would one day become a great detective in his own right. Rafferty, who is Moloch? Where did you hear that name? I got it from Sylvia when she overheard Bismarck talking. He was taking the vial of fluids to him. Rafferty was silent for long enough to warrant concern by Damon. Uh, Rafferty? You don't look so good. And I didn't think that was even possible. I must consult on this new information. It, I'll be back shortly. You can open your eyes now. Carrie did so, but her face was full of worry. Damon. What? What is going on? Why do I feel I am out of the loop? Carrie leaned against the lamppost. She replied in a hushed tone. Damon, take a look around. This wasn't supposed to happen. What do you mean? I mean, this event, while supposed to happen, had a variable that was undetected by Rafferty and the other members of his order. Whatever. Us saving Sylvia was supposed to happen, even with all our faults. That's why Rafferty really isn't surprised. This thing with Moloch, though, is a totally different circumstance. Great. This job is getting better and better. Rafferty came back, but he was accompanied by a woman that Damon and Carrie had never met before. She had a glow to her that seemed to radiate through the Nexus Eternal. Carrie's eyes, as soon as Rafferty came back, immediately were closed. Oh, a light! It's piercing through my eyelids! Watchman Holloway, and why? My name is Clotho and I'm the overseer for the powers that were. Please, tell me all that you know about just what happened to you. Two men working with Bismarck handed him a medical bag and he made sure to enter a portal when he was finished, claiming to take the vial to someone called Moloch. 
Who were these other two men? They weren't entirely men. They were powerful. Really powerful. One of them called himself Betelgeuse, and the other Leif. New players in the game? Players that we thought were lost to history? What does this have to do with us? We just started only a few days ago. Whereas you all deal with Rafferty and I, Bismarck answers to Moloch. We play our eternal chess game, and at the moment, we're currently losing. Losing? The sight of heaven is losing? What do you need us to do? For the moment, your job is to go out into the universe, all the universes. Seek knowledge, gain experience. You will run across instances where you need to fix things, which is what the two of you will do. But rest assured, you need to be prepared for the worst because the enemy is hunting and it has no qualms about destroying you. Spectacular. I have another assignment currently that will allow you to continue to do what Sister Clotho has commanded. Good luck, Watchman. May the Master protect and guide you. Clotho left as Carrie peered back at Damon. Was that the biggest cover-up you've ever heard, or did I get the wrong idea? They don't want us in the fight yet. Makes sense, too. Miss White, contrary to whether or not you feel this is a cover-up, make note that this is still something you are unready for. Bismarck has the equivalent of hundreds of years under his belt. You two, for lack of a better term, are rookies. You do not. How can we learn about the intermediate fundamentals of what you can do without dealing with the basics first? Carrie closed her eyes and sighed. Oh, very well, Rafferty. What would you have us do next? Your task is for both of you to use this lamppost to explore and learn how to go wherever you wish, or whenever you wish. In a situation where timing and destination is paramount, you two need to be ready. But I can't read minds like Carrie. It's gonna be harder for me. But it can be done, Damon. Here is your first task. You will be traveling to a world where the Nazis won World War II in 1945 and give the little girl at a train station an envelope of documents. Seems rather specific for a first task. What's on the documents? Nothing that would concern you, but it means everything to them. You must get it to the little girl in the train station, or many people are going to die. What does she look like? Carrie asked, still with her eyes closed, unable to see the visage of Rafferty. When you get to the world, I will send the information to your communication pads. Good luck, Watchman. Carrie turned her attention back to the lamppost as Rafferty walked back into the void. Strange, you know, that our mission, our very existence, relies solely on this lamppost. Guess you can say it's a little piece of home for me. Damon placed his hands on the lamppost as if an old friend. Concentrate, Damon. You can do it if you concentrate. Carrie said, using her mind to bolster him. When Damon's eyes opened, they were once again in another world. The lamppost was in a secluded area several yards away from what was the Dublin train station. Damon and Carrie both configured their suits to look like what the people were wearing in this era. The bustling sounds of the people were almost in panic as the vibe seemed to permeate through them. Hey, are you okay? 
She opened her eyes and nodded. Oh, I am just getting used to all the clutter. What clutter? What are you feeling? Oh, I'll be okay. It's just, there is a lot of panic going on. We don't have long. They walked away from the lamppost to see people setting up defenses around the station. Sandbags, anti-aircraft guns, and other defensive measures were being taken care of as the Irish people were in a state of emergency. Some of the propaganda posters for the war were on the walls of the station. Making sure he wasn't able to be seen, Damon lifted his wrist to look at his info pad. Mission information and directives. Another voice, other than Rafferty's, came over it. Pertinent mission information. World War II has taken a turn for the worse, as Great Britain and its allies have been slammed in the European theater. In this world, Ireland, instead of remaining neutral, has decided to join the Allied powers. Once Operation Sea Lion has been enacted due to the victory of the Germans in the Battle of Britain, the Irish were setting up to defend their island. Damn. A girl's face came over the screen. This girl is your mission. Her name is Anya Riley. You must get the papers in your possession for okay, her to get Okay, this girl looks like she's very young. Why can't we just take the documents to the army ourselves? As if to answer Carrie's question, the air raid sirens began to go off as a squadron of German Messerschmitts began to fly over the coast. Time was limited, even for warriors out of time, before they started firing on the Irish. Damon pointed toward the other direction. You head that way, and I'll go this way. We need to find Anya. As they split up, the planes started opening fire, and the Irish who weren't set up were being shot by the gunfire at the station. Anti-aircraft guns started firing on the planes as terrified people tried to take cover. Bombers started dropping their loads. Damon was never prepared for the carnage he was now a part of, as people were being impaled by high-powered bullets. The sheer carnage basically ripped away any lingering innocence that Damon once had, as people lay dead or dying, strewn across the ground. Cowering in a corner covered in dust and rubble was a little girl who had to be no older than five or six, clutching a homemade doll, crying in utter terror. Damon ran over to her, barely able to contain his own fear and rationality. Come on, Anya! We need to get out of here! She didn't hesitate one bit as she leapt into Damon's arms. Damon then turned his attention to finding Carrie. Carrie! Carrie, where are you? A voice amidst the din of destruction cut into his heart. Did you find her? I did. Meet back at the lamppost. We can't leave the world, Damon. Taking her back to the Nexus Eternal would be dangerous. I know, but we can teleport to a safer spot. Bombs fell all around, but the lamppost was still standing proudly as a symbol of timelessness and immortality. It was slightly comforting to Damon as he addressed the little girl. We're going to get you out of here, okay? I know, hon. We'll look for him, I promise. But we need to get you out of here. Carrie finally arrived back. She had a gash on her cheek and was covered in dirt. What happened? It, never mind that now. We need to get to safety. Carrie replied as she and he touched the lamppost as light enveloped her.
The fog of war was replaced by the subtle wind of the glens. The little girl opened her eyes. Where, where are we? We're near the town of Limerick, on the other side of the island. Damon knelt down. Anya, my name is Damon, and this is Carrie. We need to get you to the army. We just left the army, mister. How do you name a name? Carrie knelt down, knowing that Damon messed up, used her telepathy to pull out some minor information from her mind. We know your mother Meredith, Anya. She wanted us to help you get to your father here in Limerick. He's a captain with the Irish army, isn't he? This time, it was Carrie who was speechless of this little girl's tenacity. Damon smirked. Can you keep a secret? The little girl nodded as she wiped the tears from her eyes. Damon smiled. We're angels. They look like angels. How can you explain us getting away from the Germans so fast, other than a miracle? So are you going to take me to Mada? Yes. Yes, we are. I do know where Antony is. That's quite all right. We'll find someone who can, right? They grabbed the little girl by her hand and walked into the town proper. The town was bustling as they entered the town limits. There was a man in uniform who was barking orders standing nearby. He had a sergeant's stripes on him. Damon shouted to him. Sergeant! Excuse me, Sergeant! The man at first ignored Damon, but then turned his attention to him. You're not from around here, are you? No. I'm American. Anya spoke up as the sergeant turned his attention to her. Can you find me, Dad? Who's your dad, little one? Captain Daniel Riley. I have a letter for him. The sergeant's eyes widened as he looked for the man and woman who were originally with her had disappeared. He looked back at the girl. Your friends, where'd they go? Well, I guess they went back to heaven, I guess. They were angels. The sergeant took Anya to his jeep. Guest starring Stacy Atwell and Sylvia Devereaux and clarify the fate of what was Miguel Pedroza as Beetlejuice and Danny Atwell as Liv, a.k.a. Aaron's or Discordia Fascination Street by the Cure Bad Company by Bad Company Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House and Balls to the Wall by Accept Special Effects by Zapspot.com Copyright Dark Charm Media 2022. All rights reserved.